Do you feel like the biggest obstacle to your success is the voice inside your head? Do you struggle with self-doubt? If so, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Code City Podcast, where we help unleash the entrepreneur in everyone through talks, startups, boot camps, mentors, and events designed to give you the tools you need to innovate wherever you are. My name is Eric Williams, and I'm with my co-host, Nate Walk. Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Eric. How are awesome. you? Awesome. Hey, I want to ask you this question. Uh, what is a um, what is a common stereotype or what was a common thing that people said about you when you were growing up that held you back? I was always labeled as really shy. It took me a long time to come out of my shell. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, like, I see you around people, and you're just, you're like a networker guy. So what do you think helped you break out of that? Um, actually, I think it was meeting certain key people who saw things in me that I didn't see as a teenager, and they drew that out of me. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and that's, that's funny how sometimes those uh, labels and those suggestions that other people put on us kind of become our own reality if we're not mm-hmm. careful. And we're going to be talking about that today. We actually have a great talk uh, from Kelly Morris where she talks about uh, just that topic. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so Kelly Morris, uh, we met her a few months ago. She, uh, I believe, worked in marketing at Costco. And uh, she told us the story of how when she first started there, she applied for a cashier position because she didn't think she was good enough to do anything else. And she actually had one of her bosses came to her and said, we want you on the marketing team. And he had to convince her. She said it was an, uh, an enlightening experience for someone else to see in her something she didn't see herself. And isn't that something that I think everybody struggles with, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in tech, whether you've got a great idea for a new product, or if you're just a student trying to make your way uh, through the the school world into adulthood, that there's always going to be some level of setback, some level of internal doubt, external doubt. And this is something that I think everyone could learn from. And so we are going to turn it over to Kelly and we're going to listen to the talk right now. Often I come in contact with creatives like yourself and I am so excited to be in this room with all of you guys. My wheels are already spinning. I was listening to little conversations you had and you guys had back there and it's just, it's exciting to see all this. So again, I've come in contact with a lot of uh, creative people and oftentimes I hear about projects that they're working on or projects that they're not working on anymore. And what you mostly hear from them, why they're still working on them or why they've stopped is because of that fear and the doubt that they have. And sometimes it comes from people we know and some that are very, very close to us. So to give you a little background on me, I worked for Costco for the last 10 years in the marketing department. Um, I go around to different companies, I sign people up for memberships, but I also go to different Costco's around the world and I show people how to smile and wave. I also have my pride and joy, uh, Sunny Social Network, I worked on for years. I've started it, I've stopped it. Um, just recently, we're going to be online coming soon this fall um, with uh, us getting together with creatives like you and we're finding out what works for them. But we're also finding out what stopped them and which motivated them, motivated them to go further. So this is why I have these because I'm all over the place. Here we go. I am also known as a connector of creators. So I find what you do best and I connect you with a business that needs you. So I've been no, known to do that. I've also been known by my oldest sister as the bad one of the family. That, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I never went to college and they all did. Maybe it's because I stole all their quarters out of her piggy bank. I'm not really sure. So, I spent half of my teenage life trying to be accepted by her. And it never worked. 
So I would constantly try to maybe hang out with her friends, get a job like she would want me to. She worked at a bank and she's in financial services. And then I always, for years, again, tried to be accepted by her. The second thing that I want to tell you about also is how I got started at, at Costco. I got started at Costco. I didn't want to work. I was a stay-at-home mom. And my husband said, you work at a bar sometimes and the money never goes home, comes home to us. I worked at Blarney Irish Pub. I would have a lot of cash and I'd go to the store and spend it. So he told me I had to get a real job like everybody else in the corporate world. Costco was coming to town and I stood in line and I and took five different interviews and got the job. They offered me a marketing position and seven years ago in 2007 and I said no. Um, I asked for the cashier position. Why? Because I wasn't good enough. And the other people that were getting hired in marketing worked for these huge corporations and had lots of extensive backgrounds in, in marketing. So going into Costco, we started these groups where people from the bakery, from the meat department, people that were cashiers would gather in these groups and go out and sell memberships. And then they would come back and say, oh, that was fun. We told everybody about memberships, but nobody brought any money back. And our general manager said, this, we need to find a way to get memberships. So I would gather all these little groups together. I would tell them to go to Joe Schmo's business, who owns this place on this and this day he's there from this time, go there, tell him what you're doing, tell him I sent you. I would tell another group to go here, another group to go there, and another group to go somewhere else, a business, someone that I knew, and then they would all come back with memberships. So two weeks later, my boss asked, said to me, please sign this paper. So his name is Bill Koza. He's a general manager of the store. Please sign this paper. I said, why? He goes, because I'm putting you in the marketing position. No, I can't do this. Matter of fact, we've already replaced you your cashier position with somebody else. And then he showed me how much I was getting paid, and I signed. So it's okay to buy those more. And my husband at the time was very happy. So moving forward, I got divorced. Um, I found myself in an apartment that I did not like, I did not want. Um, I kind of moved out a little quickly, and so was my son and I at the time. He was nine years old. I only had a sofa with two cushions I own, and a mattress and a TV. So I had no forks, I had no shower curtain, I didn't have shampoo, I didn't have a toothbrush or anything. And I didn't have heat for two weeks. So that means no hot water also. So no hot water meant I had to find a friend in the apartment complex where I could, we could take a shower at their place for the next two weeks. So can you imagine me walking from one complex to the next, towel over my head and my toothbrush and my son walking with me. Um, I hated living the apartment life, finally got my stuff together, I was determined, but I was still was just lost. I was sad, I was going through a divorce, I was working a job that I loved, but my mind was being taken by being in a crappy apartment with not being able to give my son everything he needs. So I had to find light, and I really had to push up. I mean, I had to fight. So I started making up stuff in my mind. If I was going to have a good life, I was at least going to have it in my mind. I couldn't have it on the outside. so. There was a fantasy I had, and my friend lived in a neighborhood, and in this neighborhood was just, it went around and came right out, just a big cul-de-sac came right out. In the middle was this huge field, and it would be perfect for my son. I mean, at Halloween, I took him there. They had puppet shows, they had hot chocolate, they had chili, they have fun games going on. I always took my son there, and his friends also, again, lived there too. And every time I took my son there or picked him up, I would pull in a random driveway, and I would say, we're home. And he would say, okay, mom. And I did that probably for the next six months. 
And then one day I went and picked them up because I was so determined not to live the life that I hated so much, whether it was in my mind or not. Picked them up, drove it up into a driveway, and I parked and I said, we're home. And he finally said, okay, mom, stop. You have to stop doing this. And then I pushed a button on my car and the garage door opened and I welcomed him to our four bedroom, two bathroom house, attached garage, a beautiful backyard. It was amazing. It was great to give him that. So I wanna go back to my sister, my oldest sister. If I would have still have tried to make her today, try to make her accept me for who I am, and maybe she finally did, I wouldn't be up here in front of you. I'd be behind a desk pushing paper that I didn't like. I would be probably miserable, and the day on my deathbed, I would, re would have regretted it. I go back to Bill Coza, my general manager, who gave me that opportunity. My advice to you right now is, don't wait for a Bill Coza. I was lucky to have Bill Coza to push me, tell me you are good enough. And then, you know, when it comes to my life with my son and growing up, I want to encourage you guys to just dream it. My mom always said, if you dream it, you're halfway there. So removing the suggestion box, you don't need permission to live a creative life. So stop wasting your time, your energy, on being accepted by certain people. So stop wasting your time, your time, your money, your funding, whatever it is, write that in there. So I wasted years of my life for my sister to accept me. But if I did that, this is my life. This is what I want to do. I need to live for me. The second one is don't wait for a Bill Coza. So my thing was Bill Coza. So don't wait for a Bill Coza to tell you you're good enough. Don't wait for that, whatever it is that's stopping you guys, to tell you that you're, not, that you're good enough, because you are. We all have it in us. It's just mind over matter. And then the second one is keep dreaming. And this is something my mom always said. If you dream it, then you're halfway there. I do reference um, the book, Big Magic, Living Beyond Fear, a book by uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. So if you guys want to also go back in that, I suggest it. And if you're still looking for a permission slip, go out there and make shit happen. Here's your permission slip. Wow, what an amazing talk. Uh, first of all, the just her openness and her vulnerability to share some of those stories. I mean, that right there says that she's kind of taking her own advice and taking that permission slip. Don't you wish you had that permission slip to go out and do cool stuff? Yeah, and I think that's one of the things people love about Kelly is she is open and honest and vulnerable like that. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think? What was your uh, key takeaway? What, what's the one thing that you're going to walk away from this talk? What I took away from that was overcoming self-defeating beliefs um, understanding yourself better. And then that helps you have the courage to be brave enough to believe in your own abilities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so um, you and I were talking a little bit uh, about this topic and really th there's, there's a very close tie to um, believing in yourself and being an entrepreneur. You want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, I think entrepreneurs, you know, there's a quote that Chris Schooler loves that says that we're all entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you do have that courage to, because to be an entrepreneur, you have to lead yourself. Oh, yeah. And to take that first step is very difficult. So um, at Code City, we meet a lot of entrepreneurs. And, and sometimes that first step entails getting their idea substantiated mm -hmm. and starting those first steps. And so we have a creative services team that helps them with that. Uh, we have uh, web development, we have graphic design, we have uh, story brand messaging and some growth marketing that can help take an entrepreneur, their initial idea and make that into the first steps of a reality. And so if you're out there and you've got an idea for a service or a product or something in tech or 
you're just looking to get your idea and your innovation and giving it some startup potential and power, you can go to codecity.co and find out some more information on our creative services team that would love to help you out wherever you need it to get you going, to get you accelerated uh, in your innovation, to get your product, to get your business to market. And then the other thing, every Monday night, we have a gathering with a group of people that can also help you in market and uh, and just really encourage you in your ideas as well. Do you want to talk about our Monday night talks? Yeah, the Monday night talks are uh, super fun. We have a ton of different people from different backgrounds come out. A lot of people make friends, they make connections, they start new things. It's a really energetic, vibrant time that you just don't want to miss. So Monday night, six o'clock at Rust Belt. We'll put all of the information in the show notes. We want to say a special thank you to Kelly Morris for bringing that information, bringing her vulnerability and really giving us the permission to give ourselves permission to go out there and do cool stuff. And so uh, that's been it for this episode of the Code City Podcast. Hope to see you on a Monday night sometime soon.